Section 37 of American Scenery, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Vern Seward. American Scenery, Volume 1, by Nathaniel Parker Willis. Battle Monument, Baltimore this monument stands at the summit of a rising ground in the center of one of the best-built squares of baltimore it is a very considerable ornament to the town it is intended to commemorate the name and fame of those citizens of baltimore who fell in its defense in eighteen fourteen an egyptian base raised to the height of four feet from the pavement of the street is surmounted by a column representing fosses upon the bands of which are placed in bronze letters the names of the thirty-nine citizens on each angle of the base are griffins and the lower part of the column is ornamented with brassi relievi representing scenes of the contest the whole is crowned by a statue personifying the city with an eagle at her side holding a laurel wreath the entire height of the monument is fifty-two feet the defense of baltimore was one of the most spirited of the many gallant actions on our seaboard and frontier during the late war and it occurred more opportunely as it followed so closely upon the defeat at bladensburg which though inevitable from the superior numbers of the enemy was still accompanied with the mortification inseparable from such disaster after the embarkation of the troops under general ross who had bought his victory at bladensburg with the loss of nearly a thousand men admiral cochrane concentrated his fleet and made preparations for the attack on baltimore the whole squadron amounting to forty vessels sailed soon after for the patapsico arriving near north point twelve miles from the city the ships of the line anchored across the channel and commenced the debarkation of the troops by the morning of the twelfth of september about eight thousand soldiers sailors and marines were in readiness to march upon the town and sixteen bomb vessels and frigates proceeded up the river and anchored within two miles and a half of fort mchenry this garrison which was mainly relied on for the protection of the city was defended by about five thousand men and a detachment of about three thousand was sent on by the north point road to annoy or engage the enemy at his approach intelligence soon came in that a light corps was advancing and two companies of infantry with a few riflemen and ten artillerists with a single four-pounder proceeded half a mile and met and engaged the main body the situation on the ground would not admit the cooperation of the artillery and cavalry and the infantry and riflemen sustained the whole action with great gallantry the advance of the enemy was checked and major-general ross and several other british officers killed the detachment now fell back upon the main line of the american force and after some skirmishing with rockets and artillery at a distance the whole force of the enemy pushed forward and attacked the two regiments on the left with great impetuosity these being thrown into confusion a general fire was opened upon the british line and a vigorous action followed which lasted until four o'clock at that hour the american force amounted to about fourteen hundred and the british to about seven thousand 
General Stucker fell back upon the reserve regiment and was joined by some other companies who took position with him within a mile and a half of the entrenchments. Early the following morning, the Admiral made signals to the British officer in command on shore that the frigates, bombships, and flotilla of barges would soon take their stations to bombard the town and fort in the course of the morning. The land forces, accordingly, moved forward and took up position two miles eastward of the entrenchments. The day was chiefly passed in maneuvering. But General Brooke, after a vain attempt to make a detour through the country, concentrated the English force directly in front of the American line and drove in the outposts and made preparations for an attack in the night. The night was stormy, and in the morning it was discovered that the enemy had abandoned his position. The troops were re-embarked, and a bombardment commenced which lasted until the following morning, during which a fleet of barges attempted to storm Fort Covington, but were repulsed with great loss. With the failure of this attempt, the undertaking was abandoned altogether, and the fleet stood down the river. When the bombardment commenced, the fort opened its batteries upon the ships, but, the shots falling short, the little garrison was compelled to keep their posts without retaliation. There were four killed and twenty-four wounded in the entrenchments. Among the former there were two very gallant young men, Lieutenants Claggett and Clem, volunteer officers. The entire loss of the British could not be ascertained. That of the Americans on the field was about one hundred and fifty, which, added to those in the fort, makes a total of one hundred and seventy-eight. End of section thirty-seven. Recording by Vern Seward.